Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of What's Good with Kente. And I am joined, and this is all the way live from Los Angeles, California. This is episode nine. And I'm joined by my wonderful guest, the one and only Kaya Lopez. How are you doing, Kaya? Hey, good. Guess, Thanks for having uh-oh. me on. The one and only Kaya that. Lopez. How are you doing, Kaya? Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing, Kaya? Doing great. It is hot as heck. I don't even know what temperature it is out here, but I'm in Modesto, California. You are in Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm in Los, uh, good old Los Angeles, California. And um, I've been to Modesto. I've been to, uh, believe it or not, uh, like uh, Lodi, Sacramento, that whole area. So... Uh, I spent some time down there, you know, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, so it gets pretty hot there, right? It does. It does. And it sucks that like there isn't big airflow because it's the central Valley. So everything just kind of gets all the air, all the dust pollution, all kinds of crap gets stuck around here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny though. Do you remember that show, um, Sons of Anarchy? I do. I, I remember it. I never watched it, though. So they, if you make a reference to it, I would have no clue. It used to crack me up because they would say, because they're in that area, right, supposedly. It's like a made-up town, but in that area. They would reference air, oh, okay. places in that area, so they would be like, yeah, we need to get some in from Lodi. And I would crack up, you know, because it would be like, I'd, I would <laughs> find it funny that they would, you know, that's where they were going to go get their backup from. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Lodi. yeah. But uh, anyway, so well, Lodi is going towards uh, the Bay Area. It's almost like at the edge of getting into the Bay Area. It's a lot cooler that way. Yeah. So, um, you know, when it's the first time I interview somebody, I like to start off by starting off with an origin story. So, um, let's start off with your origin story. Uh, where are you from originally? And tell us about, um, you know, how you came up and where you went to high school and all that good stuff. Okay. So I was born in San Salvador, and my mother brought me to the U.S. when I was about three years old. So I don't remember a whole lot about where I was born. I do have random dreams every now and then, and I'll ask my mom, and according to her, she'll be like, how do you remember that? <laughs> so I have, I have dreams of memories of when I was a toddler. Uh, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. So I went to um, 52nd Street School for elementary, for people that are familiar with the LA area. And then I went to John Muir Middle School for junior high slash middle school. And I ended up at Alexander Hamilton for high school. All right, Hamilton. There's that. Yes, yeah. I. I'm a Yankee. I definitely know your stomping grounds. I, I've. Uh, really. Yes, yes, very much so. Yeah, I. Um, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm from West LA, so I was supposed to go to Fair uh, Fairfax High, but I didn't go there. I went to a school in East LA called Bravo Medical Magnet School. So, uh, I, th- I thought I wanted to be a doctor, but then I realized I like girls, so <laughs> that I it. Uh, threw me off on my pursuits but uh you know it's, it's oh all so the girls distracted you from it was your all education their fault. it was all their fault you know it was all their fault but uh i hey i'm happy about that so 
Um, so were you one of those people at a young age where you kind of knew what you wanted in life? Like, I, like, I know some people, they always knew they wanted to be an actor or they wanted to be a doctor or whatever. Was, was that you? No, not at all. If you would have told me that I was going to be helping people in pain or helping business owners, I would have been like, yeah, whatever. Like, I had no clue. Okay. I, I do, however, remember, because uh, I tell this to business owners. So I work a lot with spiritually minded business owners. And what I mean by that is I work with people that are into the woo-woo stuff, mm-hmm. right? That they, not just not just that they believe in God, but they, they're in a place where they know there's more to life than just what we've been told kind of thing. Right. So uh, one of the things I, we usually go into is that as a kid i remember being sick a lot and i remember having um now i have words for it but back then i didn't have language for it i was a very empathic child so i had huge empathy for people around me and people would just open up like strangers grown-ups classmates they would just like open up and tell me their life story or tell me what they were dealing with or their frustrations and i was just that listening ear and I had no idea that that was preparing me for what I do now. Mm. Okay. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I find myself, it, that's something kind of similar with me. Like I would get on the bus and then somebody like a homeless person would just start telling me about their life story or, you know, or just some random person or something like that. And uh, it was kind of unsettling at first, but after a while you kind of start to just accept that what it is you know what I mean so was Mm -hmm. that how did you react when you you know initially to that I was initially I was scared I remember being about nine or ten years old and um at the time I was uh living with my aunt and her husband and I remember that I would um they lived in a one-bedroom duplex and my mom lived right next door And because of family situations, I was placed living with my aunt. I remember sleeping on the couch and being terrified at night because I would hear things and I would see things. And then I would tell the adults around me and they would just tell me, oh, it's your imagination. Or they would tell me, you know, um, it's just a dream. Or, you know, you're just thinking about stories we've, because my family is very big on into scary stories and movies. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I wasn't into any of that stuff because I would actually... You remember the movie The Sixth Sense? Oh, yeah. The little boy I see dead who's people. like, I see dead people. Right. Yes. So when I watched that movie as an adult, it was one of the first times that I could see myself as that little kid seeing people who had crossed over or seeing energy or seeing spirits or that type of stuff. So all of a sudden, here I am, nine years old. No one can explain any of this to me. So I did what I think most kids would do, which was like, make this go away, right? Like, turn it off. And so I remember it being dormant uh, for years. And this is something that I hear a lot of intuitives speak about. Uh, There's actually a doctor out of UCLA. Her name is Judith Orloff. And she has dedicated her life to work with people who are natural empaths and helps them distinguish. She's a psych- uh, She has an MD, I think she is a psychologist. I don't think she's a psychiatrist, but I think she's a psychologist. 
And um, she has spent her life helping people like myself distinguish between are you crazy or is this just a gift, right? Is this mm. something that you you were born with or something that has evolved or developed um, in you? So now, now that I know that, I realize, oh, so for the majority of my uh, elementary, junior high school years, this was like completely dormant. And then somewhere around my late teens, I remember starting to have um, almost like premonitions and seeing things out of the corner of my eyes. And um, at that point, I started to do my own reading and my own research and looking for answers. And that's how I came across people like Judith Orloff. So I realized that I wasn't crazy and um, that I wanted to learn how to use this to help other people instead of it just be something that would randomly happen. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, I think, yeah, most people would think they're crazy, right? And some people who do believe these things are a, a little crazy. So um, the fact that you had to kind of reach within and to find out is, you know, is this a real true gift or is this something that's all in your head? Uh, that's had to be scary, right? I mean, um, it's not something that we will say is a normal thing right i don't i don't think that it's a normal thing per se but i do know that there are a lot of people out there especially now who have awakened to the fact that they have intuitive gifts and i tell people just like we're able to see hear feel smell taste you have spiritual gifts also that mimic that but in the spiritual space right so some people uh, have the ability to see which they'll see um, energy or spirits and um, we call them clairvoyant right and there's people that I'm sure you've had this feeling sometimes where you just know something but you don't know why right mm -hmm. like something's off when you're talking to someone but you can't quite put your finger on it I tell people that's your claircognizance. That is God literally speaking directly to your ability to think, to your brain. And then we have people that can feel, which is my first spiritual gift was the ability to just feel things. And so I would always end up being sick because I would mimic or pick up what other people's illnesses were. And now as an adult, having gone into the healing space, I often find myself, um, like a couple of days ago, I had really bad sciatic pain. Mm. And I was like, what the heck? I didn't do anything. Like, what's going on? And the next day, the client that I um, saw in my office had really bad sciatic pain. And I'm going, okay, now this makes sense. So even now, like this far into it, I still have those moments of like, wait, is this really happening? Am I making this up? Like, how is this happening? Mm. Do you often take on do you do you do you because you, you said often people like that are weird do you now think oh kaya weird no not at all uh believe it or not i've actually i actually have a, a lot of uh history with people who are have similar things going on so no not at all mm -hmm. but um okay. but one thing though that happens often is you kind of take on the pain or the hurt of others is that something with you as well where you kind of feel their their pain 
so I, I believe we all have the capacity to help other people heal. I believe that we haven't discovered what our strong suit or our strong intuitive ability is. And I say this because I've watched it over the years with, with people that I find myself, um, they end up finding me. And I always use the line of like, who's meant to meet me are the people that I meet, right? Like the who's meant to find me are the people that find me. And I used to be very much in the closet about speaking about these type of topics because I didn't want to be labeled as weird. And I didn't want that stigma of people going, oh, she's not Christian. Because if you were to ask me like, what's your biggest fear in people knowing this about you, it would be that they would all of a sudden go, you know what? She doesn't believe in God. She's not a Christian woman. Right. And it's far from, far, far from the truth. I was actually uh, 20 when I had my reawakening experience is what I call it. And at the time my mom had been diagnosed with um, having ovarian cysts and they had ran tests and they had told her she had cancer also, but she didn't have a whole lot of answers when she came to tell me this. And all I remember is being 20. My daughter was only a couple of weeks old. I was living in LA at the time in my studio apartment. I hear a knock on the door and it's my mom and my, my heart sank because my mom was not, and she still isn't, the type of person that comes to visit you, you go to her. She's the matriarch, right? Right. And that 20, she gives me this news. I remember still, like, she came in the room. We sat down in my olive green Ikea couch, and my daughter's crib was right next to us. And she says, you know, I came to tell you something, and nobody knows. Your dad doesn't know. Your brothers don't know. And, um here's what's going on and she said the word cancer and all I remember is everything going mute and I just remember seeing my mom's mouth move and it's kind of like that Charlie what do you call it the peanuts gang when they wah, have wah, that character wah. the adults just go wah 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 yeah uh. like so it was the adult just like all I could hear was random noises and when she left uh, I got on my hands and knees and I started to pray and up until that point in my life at 20 I hadn't been to church since I lived with my aunt when I was nine. So that's kind of where my story picks up again um, because that's when I had my re-encounter with, with God. And I just remember saying, God, tell me what to do. Show me what to do. I'd rather it be me and not my mom. And in that moment, I saw the bottom of a foot and little dots twinkling inside the foot. I called my mom after the experience was over. I don't even know, like, Time didn't exist in that moment. I don't even know how long I was on my knees praying. And I went over to her house. Um, she was like, God doesn't work this way. God doesn't speak to us this way. And she's telling me all the reasons why what I just experienced was not real. And I'm going, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I just experienced this. Like, this is real. Like, this is happening. Like, what do you have to lose is what I told her. And she laid on her couch, gave me her feet, and I started pressing on her feet. Little did I know that it was reflexology, right? But I feel this intense heat and energy flowing through my hands at the time. And once the sensation stopped, I was like, I think I'm done. And she was pain-free for three days. Wow. And three days later, she said, come do that thing to my feet again. And same thing. I had that experience of her being pain-free for several days. But like you asked, the reason I am sharing this is you asked, do you ever take it on? In the beginning, yes. In the beginning, I remember being exhausted. I felt drained. I felt like I was getting over a flu almost, uh, tired, and uh, and I could feel 
all the aches and pains that my mom was dealing with. And we were so connected at that time that if she was in pain at night, I was in pain at night. If she was in pain midday, I was in pain midday. And so that put me down another path of going, what the heck is this? And I enrolled and studied at the American University of Complementary Medicine. And that's when like the academic world opened up to show me that there are such things as alternative and complementary medicine. Wow, wow, that's that's incredible. Um, And to start off with such a personal journey that leads you there, it make, probably makes the work that you do even more special because how you got into it, right? Yeah, I always tell people if it had if it hadn't been for my mom, I don't think I'd be down this path because if it had it been had it been me dealing with an illness, I don't think I would have turned to God as quickly as I did. And I say that because I have dealt with my own health challenges over the years. And it's a very humbling experience to turn around and and remind yourself, right? Like, hey, will you do this to help heal other people? But why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you having this dialogue and conversation with God to help you to to heal you? That's that whole physician heal thyself uh, Mm -hmm. scenario. I'm interested in, um, you know, you have, you're a mother of two, right? Three. Oh, three. wow. Okay, three. So, um, do you do you often um, use some of those abilities uh, with the kids? I imagine you must, right? Uh oh. Oh, I think she might be frozen. All right. Technical difficulties. You gotta love it. Let's see. All right. We'll do this. All right. As we are. Um, trying to get through the technical difficulties uh what we'll do is from the studio all right as we're waiting to um to get through the technical difficulties i want to acknowledge everybody that is here uh i see i'm gonna start from the bottom i see steven is here uh natasha is here ryan is here maya is here robert is here as well as let's see did i leave anybody else out uh if I left you out, if you were here, um, let us be known, let it be known. Uh, say hi to us in the chat room. Uh, let's see. Old quote. Uh, I said, there are two important uh, days in life. That's the day you're born and the day you will find out uh, why. I think that was written by an intuitive after self-discovery. Okay. Uh, let's see what Ryan says. Kaya is dope, super smart, and super caring. Yes, she is. So... Um, yes, as we're going to wait for her to uh, rejoin us. Also, I just want to let people know that uh, you can you can follow me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. Uh, we have a show that comes on every Monday uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. And that's Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus show. Uh, please make sure you guys check that one out, um, as well as starting on this Sunday. Me and the great Dr. Vibe will be doing a podcast at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Um, And uh, that will be on the Get Vocal platform. And I will simulcast it as well on on Facebook. And uh, that show is called Black Men of the North and South uh, of the Equator. So so, uh, definitely check that out. So we are back with Kaya. How are you doing, Kaya? 
My phone decided to overheat. I'm telling you, it's hot here. I'm going to open up the window again. Yeah, man. Hopefully it doesn't overheat. Yeah. So you got to you gotta love it doing uh, live radio and uh, video as well. <laughs> All right. So, oh, so we were talking about um, using your abilities with your children. I imagine you must, right? So my 19-year-old, I would say, was the first person I little by little started teaching some of these things. And when I say some of these things, like I've spent both academic and uh, I guess you could say extracurricular time fine-tuning my skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm very much a lifelong learner. So then um, when I did go seeking teachers or mentors, I wanted to learn like from people that were actually doing stuff. So I remember my first mentor, her name is Christy Marie Sheldon. Uh, she does these massive uh, energy clearings. And um, back then, she didn't have any students. She even turned me down to be a student of hers. And she said, you know, I'm nobody's guru is what she told me. I don't teach other people. And um, I remember that day her turning around. Uh, we were in, um, we were taking a class with her. And at the end of the class, I had approached her and asked her if she would teach me. And uh, she had told me no. And I remember us walking one door I was walking out one door she was walking out the other and I hear her footsteps stop and I hear her turn around I turn around and she tells me this is how this is gonna work and then she gave me like some ground rules of how often we would talk what she was gonna have me read how I would have to practice and we worked together for about two years Uh, she was my my uh, mentor so when um, my daughter was little she was around when I would be on some of these calls, but it was never something that I thought, oh, I want to teach my kids to do this. If anything, in my 20s, I was still struggling with, um, is this really me or am I going crazy? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, because I had my, my family telling me, you know, that's stuff of the devil. Um, I had my partner telling me, you know, um, this is crazy, like, this isn't the way the world's supposed to work. Uh, you have an, I would hear things like, you have an unfair advantage, you're cheating in life, I, and I couldn't <laughs> handle some of the stuff that I was being told by people around me, right, people that were close to me. Right. So it, was a, it took me a while before I got comfortable to start teaching someone, and it wasn't until my daughter was old enough to say, Mom, I want to learn how to do some of the stuff you do that I started to teach her. And by that point, I had the two younger ones and they were exposed to it, but I've always waited until they've they've asked, right? Like my son finally asked about two years ago um, the question around healing people because he, he would find himself similar to myself. If his friend was hurt, he would feel the same sympathy pain, right? Mm-hmm. Or he ha- he has a huge heart. He has huge empathy for people. So it was one of those like, okay, let me let me give you a little bit of knowledge of what possibly could be happening and how you can control this. It's almost like if there was a school for empaths or intuitives, I imagine it would be kind of like a, an X-Men scenario, right? Like that's <laughs> how I always think of it. Right. Uh, <laughs> because people do develop their talents and gifts uh, slightly differently. Right. Oh, wow. 
Now, do you have any intuitive gifts, or have you discovered your intuitive gifts? You know, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I would, I've heard that I have healing hands, and uh, okay. that uh, I've been told that by many people. Um, I've also, I've had moments of, you know, deja vu, and and uh, I would say that I've had premonitions and stuff that turned out to be frighteningly you know accurate but what I I don't know if I'm tuned in enough to to say that I am on that kind of level as far as you know doing that but I think I think we all have like little sparks of it you know so I guess that maybe yeah. maybe I, it's something that you would have to really explore to see how much of it is part of you you know yeah, yeah. Like I said, my belief is that we all have intuitive gifts. I just, I think that some of us haven't looked into it or haven't wanted to, or maybe we just turned it off like, like I did when I was a kid. Mm. I was like, I don't want to see stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to know things. And then one of the things Christy told me early on, um, when she started teaching me week one on our first call, she's like, you can turn this on and off. And I was like, you can, <laughs> like it was news to me. Right. And, um, and she just gave me her techniques for basically turning on and off your intuitive abilities. But at the end of the day, over the years of working with other clients, myself, I realized like we all have our, our way of dealing with it. Right. Our way of turning it on, our way of turning it off. And sometimes it's automatic. I mean, I, I can tell you there have been moments in my life and you may have experienced something like this where my life was in danger and I heard as clear as day what to do, right? Like Get uh, out. in my scenario, I was in my twenties and I was driving and I was speeding on the highway and it was foggy and I couldn't see ahead of me. And it was about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning I'm heading home from hanging out with some friends at, at a college campus and I hear the word stop like somebody screamed in my ear stop and I slammed on my brakes and my heart's racing and then I get out of the car turn on my emergency lights get out of the car and I notice I'm inches away from going over the rail on the uh, 10 freeway wow. and I'm just like I'm just like whoa what, what was that right wow and so i'm telling you we 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 there are countless stories of uh people who who have heard a voice of a loved one or they accounted to seeing or hearing an angel um i i mean i even i have a close friend who when they immigrated from mexico to the u.s she says that there was a helicopter flying above um who had them it was her her husband and her children who were immigrating and um, she said she got on her hands and knees and started to pray and then all of a sudden there was this dark shadow that they could see was over them and the helicopter just kept looking for them and so to her her explanation is that an angel covered them that day I don't know if it was necessarily an angel or, or something else supernatural, but the point is we all at some point in our life have these uh, supernatural moments that are very unexplainable, but they're real. 
And to, to say to someone, oh, that's all in your mind or that's all in your head, it's like my biggest pet peeve because I've lived it. Like I've lived people telling me that most of my teenage life and most of my 20s until I got to a point where I was like, fuck it, this is who I am and I'm just going to explore how I can continue to use these gifts to help other people. Wow, man. This is, you know, it's interesting going into this conversation that we're having. Um, you know, you I had no idea this is where we were going to go. No, <laughs> I did not. I did not. And I'm so happy about it because this is so awesome, you know, to have this conversation. And this is one. So this was this is what's so good about having these dialogues is that you, you know, you never know where it's going to go. You know, so this is yeah. really, really interesting and very fascinating. Um, so. I was I was often wonder when people who uh, express that they have these gifts or these, um, th- how does it relate in relationships? Because you did uh, say that you had a partner who, who uh, questioned it. So um, yeah, yeah. So uh, how has this? Uh, how has it been as far as that's concerned? In in not just that situation, but other situations. Um. So it took a while for for me to get comfortable being me right like most most of us I think I don't know this is just my opinion but I think it's not till we're in our mid-20s early 30s that we're finally settled into this is who I am Mm -hmm. right um so once I got back to the dating world and that relationship with my um first daughter um her dad and I were together for seven years after that ended I just told myself I would be open with the people that I that I would go out with. And uh, oddly enough, I remember one of my first blind dates after him and I broke up and we had been separated for about two years. I'm living in Culver City at this point and I'm attending um, the uh, uh, Agape Church that's led by Michael uh, Bernard Beckwith. Beckwith, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Very familiar. And... Um, and so I would walk, I lived close enough that I could walk from my apartment complex over to the church. And I remember meeting someone online during that time in my life. And his name was Oscar. I don't remember Oscar's last name. And Oscar was a self-proclaimed scientist, mm-hmm. right? Like when on his job description, it said scientist. And uh, so we, we are on match at this time or I'm on match, she's on match, we become a match. Mm-hmm. We meet up at a restaurant and all of a sudden I start getting this massive pain in my head and I'm just like, what's going on? I had never experienced the migraine in my life up to this point. So to me, it was just like, where am I, why am I having this pain? And, um, and it would happen this way for me in my twenties because I hadn't fine tuned turning it on and off. Mm-hmm. And as we're having dinner, I started seeing images of an older man. I started seeing, um, like if somebody was showing me a movie reel, right? I see this person passing away in a hospital. And then um, I asked Oscar about his dad. And we had already talked about his dad before in one of our conversations, but I said, you know, can you tell me anything about your dad? And he goes, oh, that's a topic I really don't like talking about. I already told you my dad passed away. Um, and it had been about a year since his dad passed away. 
And I was looking for validation without telling him, hey, I'm seeing these random images. I think it has to do with your dad. I'm, I'm just hunting for answers. We leave there. We go to a, a bookstore. And while we're at the bookstore, there's a stand. And on the stand are these books about being psychic. Right? Mm. And I start cracking up. Like, I'm laughing internally, going, what are the chances? Like, they'd have a whole table set up with books about being psychic. And we walk by it, and then I say, Oscar, do you believe in any of this stuff? And he goes, oh, no, I'm a scientist. And I start laughing again, and, and I go, I'm so sorry to laugh. I go, but so you, you really don't believe that there's an afterlife or anything like that? And he goes, oh, no. And um, I was like, so do you go to church? And he goes, no, I don't believe in God. Mm. I was like, okay. We go, we sit down by the coffee area, long story short, I start having the pain again, except this time I could see this person being an excruciating pain in their head. And I proceed to tell Oscar, I said, Oscar, did your dad pass away because something was wrong with his brain? And he goes, who, who told you that? And I said, well, what happened to your dad? And he goes, my dad had two massive brain tumors and there was nothing that they could do. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, would you believe me if I told you your dad was here right now? And at that time, I still hadn't grasped this concept, which is this. I don't believe that it's dead people I see. I do believe that it's energy that I pick up on from the person that I'm speaking to. And somehow, when people think about that person or have something unresolved with that person, energy lingers. They have these ties to that person. And so I tell Oscar information about his father at this point. I start telling him, your father's showing me t-shirts. I go, shirts from like all kinds of shirts. Like, and he goes, my dad traveled a lot and everywhere he went, he collected a t-shirt. And I said, the, and, I, and, I, and I told him, I said, I also see a lot of cowboy boots. He goes, my dad loved cowboy boots. So now I'm telling him stuff that there's just no way I would have known about him, right? It's our first date. Right. Needless to say, Oscar didn't call me again. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. But, it was too much. Huh? But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Oscar finally says, that's enough. I'm taking you home. He drives me home. He drops me off. And he says, look, as much as I don't want to believe in this, this is the second time this happens to me. I had a stranger run across the street to tell me stuff about my father. And that had happened a couple of weeks prior for him. So all that to be, all that to say, sometimes um, energy lingers. And I think that if we're meant to have a message, if we're meant to have a gift, it's going to happen. Like there's no stopping it if it's meant to happen because I do have people that sometimes are like okay well tell me what do you see in me and I'm like that's not how it works mm. at least not for me right and um and then there are times where uh I have video footage of doing live stream readings for people where I'm telling them that the, the plane somebody died on the seat they were in what they look like you know what happened and these are, these are things that I'm telling you. I don't think it's that we see um, dead people. I think that we ultimately are just so interconnected 
whether we're dead or alive, whether it's something in the past, present, or future, but it's all somehow one big ball of, of energy, and we just have to tune into the right frequency. Wow. Wow, man. I mean, I could, uh, we could talk so, like, actually, we could do a whole program on this because this stuff is so fascinating <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> wow. So, I think you're probably now at this point where you kind of have a, a greater understanding of who you are in this and how it relates to the rest of the world and stuff like that. So, um, am I right to say that? Yeah, I've, I've come to a place now where what I want to do is I want to help other business owners tap into this. Um, I was talking with uh, Carlos one day, mm-hmm. and we were we were deciphering basically my messaging as I'm pivoting with my messaging online uh, from being a holistic health practitioner to being a business coach. And he goes, so let me get this straight. If we take all the fluff out of this, what you want to do is teach business owners to talk to God. And I go, I guess so. I guess in, in one short sentence, it would be that. But it's it's more than that. It's about helping people who are in their entrepreneurial journey to tune in to their intuitive abilities to make better decisions and to also find opportunities that otherwise they're closed off to. Because I can't tell you how many times I've been in business situations where I thought, this is it, my business is over, like things are crashing, burning around me kind of situation. And then I go into that quiet space of meditating and praying and I hear what action to take next and that's exactly what I needed to do. Or there have been times where I'm where I will make the request where I'll just be like, Hey God, there's this thing I wanna go do and I have no clue how I'm gonna get this done but I need these resources. And sometimes it could be a car, sometimes it could be money, sometimes it could be you know, someone to be there for me. And the next thing I know, that's what's happening. Hmm. Um, a lot of people talk about the law of attraction and it manifesting and this, and I think we could get like very woo about it, but at the end of the day, the closer you have a relationship with God, the easier it is to decipher and maneuver both through this physical realm that we have and and the spiritual realm wow wow oh, that's just so fascinating and a big shout out to our our good friend carlos uh phoenix i was about to say carlos lopez <laughs> carlos phoenix uh, i don't know why but um uh, <laughs> you're, gonna change, you're gonna change his last name to lopez <laughs> yeah i started to i started to slip and say that i was like no so no funny. but um so um okay oh man so uh, let, let's talk about um, uh, Kaya Lopez marketing. And uh, just so that, uh, let me do a little. We got her your website right here. Nice website you have here. So um, tell us about uh, Kaya Lopez marketing. <laughs> Poor website. It needs some love. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, okay, so about two years ago, I decided I wanted to get back into online marketing. And I've always been involved in network marketing, affiliate marketing, 
Um, I even do some cryptocurrency trading, that type of stuff. Like I'm a big believer in, in diversifying your income, right? Mm -hmm. um, and um, we launched the website because we had started a project to teach people who were in the network marketing space who didn't know how to market themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in video and, um, and blogging, like getting your message out there. So that's where Kyle Lopez marketing came from. We were literally in the, my, my crew are my kids, to be honest. I run all my ideas by them first, mm -hmm. as funny as that sounds. Uh, but I remember this was two years ago, I had just picked up the kids from school and I was on a business call with my partner and we were deciding, do we give the page a like big brand name or do we go with your name? What do we do? And my daughter had just gone in the car and she goes, I don't understand why you don't just name it Kyle Lopez Marketing. You're already Kyle Lopez Live. It just makes sense. Right. And we both were like, you know what? You're right. We're going to go with that. And that's how Kyle Lopez Marketing was born. And Kai is a beautiful name, by the way, too. I think it's uh, it's perfect, you know. Kaya Lopez, perfect name for it, so... And uh, so, and you know what? Maybe we should actually we should also have your kids as a, as a, you know, if I, I need to rent some stuff by them, it seems like <laughs> when I go into business stuff. Uh oh, did I lose you? Are you here? Uh oh, I can't hear you. So you were cutting in and out a bit, Kinte? Oh, okay. I was saying. Yeah, no, you were cutting in and out a bit. Yeah, I, I was saying uh, how Kaya is a beautiful name, so uh, it's perfect for what you're doing. Uh-oh. All right, so... I yeah, yeah, so now... Go ahead. Let's see. I don't know if it's my connection or yours, but let me turn on the web. Okay. Um, yeah. So I didn't hear your question. You were cutting in and out. Okay. I can... heard the it's perfect for what you're doing now. That's all I heard. Okay, can you hear me now? Kaya? Yeah. All right. No, I was saying your name, mm -hmm. Kaya, is a beautiful name. So it's perfect for, you know, your branding. You know, Kaya is a strong name. Aw. Yeah. So uh, where? how did you get your name, by the way? Do you know? Oh, thank you. Uh, so my mother, so I was born, I was born with another name. Kaya is my spiritual name. Oh, okay. That's what I was saying. I was about to say, and, was she a fan uh, of Bob Marley? <laughs> Yeah, so a couple of years ago, my mother uh, had all of us renamed. Um, my mother is, uh, I consider her a Jewish mystic. Mm. She studies the Kabbalah. And um, so her rabbi renamed us, all six of us. And out of that, uh, I decided to start using the name. Oh. That became my pen name and it became my name online and became my brand. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you, you got to use it now, right? Kaya. All right. Oh, big shout out to my homeboy, Chris <laughs> Gray. Uh, Chris Gray just hopped in. Big shout out to him. Um, so, okay. So let's talk about this space that we exist in called the, the internet, social media, you know, streaming and all of that kind of stuff, right? It's so funny because... Yeah. I, I was going to say a just two years ago. No, just 
what, three months ago, everybody would, was down on it, you know, who weren't in it already. Now everybody's a podcaster. You notice that? Everybody's a streamer. All the late night shows are streaming using Zoom, using whatever they're using, right? And it's so it's hilarious to me that these people who would have spit on on it now is seeing the value of it. Now you have all these entertainers are doing Instagram uh, battles and Instagram interviews and and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, so this is a space that we've kind of existed in in quite a while. So I, I want you to talk about um, the benefits uh, for someone like yourself of using this uh, this space of you know streaming, YouTube, and that kind of thing. How it's benefited you, uh, not only from a personal standpoint of your business, but also just getting information as well and connecting with people. Yeah, so I remember 2006 was the first time I ever recorded a video and posted it on YouTube. Oh, no, we lost Kente. I don't know if I'm streaming by myself. No, no, we're good. There you are. No, we're good. I just went <laughs> to I lost close up. No, just a close okay. up. Okay. Um, so 2006 was the first time I ever recorded a, a video, and I recorded a series of 40 videos. So every night I recorded a video and it was for a weight loss um, program I was doing with this doctor locally. And I wanted to prove to myself and the practice that video marketing worked and that it would be more effective than anything they were doing with their paid advertising. And um, that's what made me a believer in this. So what, what happened out of it was right away, um, the first the first 40 days that I had done the videos, nothing really happened. And I thought, oh my God, video doesn't work. I was way off. <laughs> this sucks. And then I went and I taught myself a couple more things inside, like using tags, what a name, thumbnails. And all of a sudden I'm now researching and learning marketing, right? Made a couple of tweaks on titles and tags. And next thing I know, uh, the doctor who I had made these videos for started getting phone calls and they were running no ads at that time. So the wife tells me the only way this could be happening is from the marketing that you decided to do. Hmm. And I was like, holy shit, like this really works, right? So then um, I end up uh, dissolving my partnership agreement with them. I end up going my own way and um, started running ads on Facebook. I still remember to this day, first ad I ran was five boxes, all I paid for it. Mm -hmm. And I had over a hundred leads to my private practice that I had settled, set up at that point. And these weren't like video ads. These were just like um, static images with text. Mm -hmm. And then as the years went on and I kept studying marketing, I realized, you know what? Video still outdoes any image that you could put out there, any pay-per-click. But what I noticed was it was a way to build a relationship with people. That right. the more I showed up on video, the more followers I started to gain. And then it was like, okay, what do you now do? Now you have all these followers, what do you do with it? And so I wish someone had in from the beginning gone, hey, Kaya, let's set up your client journey. What do you want their experience to be like? Which is one of the things that I do now with my clients, right? So um, I think that it has its place for 
sharing content, but people have to be very clear about what type of content they're out there sharing, right? Like there's what you're doing right now, um, interviewing and building a platform for your channel or your, or your feed. And it gets you exposure. It gets you to a certain level, right? right? For businesses, I tell them all the time, don't think just because you created one ad with one video that that's going to do it. Like, why do you think companies repeat and show their videos over and over or their ads over and over on commercials because of the repetition, right? Mm -hmm. You get brand recognition. But with video, the beautiful thing with social media is people can go on a journey and get to know you over several days, right? And they can look at your feed and see that you're a real human being if that's the brand that you're building. And one of the things I tell my clients all the time is the closer your brand is to you, meaning this, if I see you on the street, are you going to look like the person that's on camera? Are you going to look like the person that's on those pictures that you post? Or are you doctoring things up and pretending to be a persona so that you get certain type of people following you? So I'm more of like, be you, right? Just brand you, be you, be as close to you as possible online and let that um, be the filter for who's following you and don't focus on the numbers like really focus on genuinely connecting with the people that are commenting and the people that are messaging you because for me I light up when I get a message from someone saying hey something you shared made a difference for me or hey you shared that story I can relate to it um, for me that becomes part of the uh, thrill of it but then I've learned over the years how to turn those followers into actual clients, which was the missing piece for me. And I didn't learn that till about two years ago. Mm. So um, video is great. I think live streaming is amazing. Anything can happen. That's part of the excitement of it, right? right. Like part of the thrill is like you, you really don't know. Like is the cat going to jump in front of my camera today or are the kids going to run in here and say something stupid? Like you, don't, you never know. Right. Um, yeah. with the, the question of, uh, what do I think about people that are jumping into it now? Um, it irks me a bit only because I've been screaming video, 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 video for years. Mm -hmm. And so now to see certain people and companies that used to say, oh no, we can't let our reps be on camera. We can't, you know, we have all these policies, uh, legal, we, has to be involved they can only say certain things especially people in the financial sector right mm -hmm. um that now i'm seeing them do video and now i'm seeing them use things like zoom uh to meet with their clients the things that they were told they couldn't do kind of irks me a bit but it, it makes me happy at the same time that the industry uh industry wise right like businesses are having to shift they're having to make the shift into using these kind of platforms to connect with their audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's all, it's funny to me because I've, I heard, I've heard all kind of stuff for years about, about this medium, but I, you know, it was pretty evident that it was going to be what it is going to, what it is, not just because of the pandemic, but because of uh, what it allows you to do. You know, it allows you to have direct access with your, your uh, fan base or your listener base or whatever you want to call it. And um, that is, you know, that's like gold, you know, that's that's really like gold. Um, 
And uh, I really like the fact that, you know, I check out your lives as well. And it's, it's apparent and, and it's apparent that you are really good at connecting with your audience. Um, I, was that like a natural right off the bat thing? Did it take you a while? You feel very you look like you're very comfortable uh, communicating. Was that something that took you a while to get used to or was that something you're cutting you in and out again? Can Oh, I'm sorry. I can't understand what you're asking me. Okay, my bad. Uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Hello? I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> no, I, you. what I was saying was that you uh, seem like you're very comfortable communicating to your audience. Was that something that took a while to get used to? Yeah, I'm getting a lot of uh, cutting in and out. Yeah. Uh, talk about... Uh, communicating with your audience how comfortable are you at it uh-oh all right let's do this maybe uh all right i'm gonna bring you out and bring you right back in let's see all right sorry about that technical difficulties uh are having we're having right here uh kaya are you here kaya So we're sorry about that. Um, we are uh, having a little technical difficulty, so we're waiting for Kaya to come back in. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Chris Gray, who just came in, as well as Javier Lopez. How you doing, Javier? Uh, we got a, uh, and also all the people that have been listening. Um, we only have a few minutes left, so hopefully we can... Um, close out on a good note so let's see if we have miss kaya all right as we are waiting to have this there she go all right can you hear me clearly now kaya can you hear me kaya <laughs> okay so i don't think she can hear me uh, this is hilarious. Uh, we got an awesome. I can see you, but it's cutting in and out. I don't know if it's. Yeah, we're having some sort of technical difficulties. Uh, unfortunately, when you're doing a live show, uh, that happens. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Let's see. Let's try it one more time. I'm doing the, uh, the Ryan... Perez, uh, let's try it again. We're, we're doing the Ryan Perez uh, method uh, to try to get her back and going. Yeah. So uh, as we are waiting once again, uh, just to let people know, on this Sunday, we will be back with uh, an episode with me and Dr. Vibe at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. And tomorrow, oh, tonight we won't be doing the part two of Hamilton. We are doing it tomorrow. So, uh, you know, we'll put out what time it is. So we're going to be covering uh, on our Film Freak show um, part two or, this, or act two of Hamilton, the musical. So, so... Uh, uh-oh. So, um, just wanted to let people know about that. All right. All right. So, uh, we're, um, 
wanted to close out the show properly with our guests. Um, if we can't, maybe we'll just say goodbye. But um, also, uh, let's see. Uh, if you want to follow me, of course, you can do so at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. And uh, we have uh, Kaya Lopez on Instagram.com. And uh, she is at Kaya Lopez Live. And also uh, Kaya Lopez Marketing.com. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, we're going to have to, unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to cut this episode. But I want to thank our guests. And uh, we will be back, like I said, tomorrow on Indie Radio. And we're going to be covering this Act 2 of Hamilton. So with all that said, thank you, guys. You guys have a beautiful rest of your weekend. 